Hey folks, it's Pastor Jennifer from Bryan Community Church here in Bryan, Texas. We are a new church plant just six months old, and if you are joining us for the first time, we are so thankful. So what I enjoy doing along with uh, any of our guest pastors is to um, preach uh, through the internet, through uh, recording my messages after I preach them on Sunday mornings. And so that is what I am doing today. But before I dive into the word, I just want to lift up. Uh, if you want more information, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Bryan Community Church or visit our website at briancommunitychurch.org. I would love to hear from you. Um, send me an email at info at briancommunitychurch.org. All right, so today we are in the midst of a sermon series entitled entitled Body Language. We are talking about the body of Christ and the language in which we use to communicate with one another. Body meaning hands and feet of Jesus, uh, that we are the church um, who are to represent the Holy Spirit who's living inside of us. And uh, our words and our actions, they matter to one another. And so um, this is, uh, I guess, week three or four that we are in now. And today, um, we are going to be focusing on serving. What does it mean to serve the Lord and why do we do it? And so if you have your Bibles, um, turn in them with me to 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. It reads, each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. And if anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Alrighty. So first off, uh, a little information about the book of Peter, and I encourage you to read it today uh, following this message, or, or maybe just read it um, bit by bit this coming week. But the, the book of Peter, it was commissioned by Peter. Peter, uh, the, the great disciple in which Jesus said, on you, Peter, I will build my church. Um, and it was composed, though, however, by Savanius. Um, and so it was written to a group of non-Christians, or um, you might know them as Gentiles. Uh, they were followers of Jesus, but where they were, uh, they were located in what is now modern-day Turkey. But where they were located, they were um, being persecuted and ridiculed for their faith by following Jesus um, by both the Romans and the Greeks. And so this was not an easy time for this group of believers. Um, and so this is a letter, as many of the letters in the New Testament are written, uh, to encourage those who were reading it. And so these faithful followers, they were being encouraged um, by Peter through Savanius to continue to hang on to their faith. They were reminded um, of good old Abraham uh, who was faithful even though he was wandering like in the desert, um, in the wilderness, if you will, of this, this new faith. God called him um, that he would make great nations from Abraham. And, and you know, there were times in which Abraham, he wasn't quite sure where he was going or what he was doing, but yet he remained faithful and trusting. And so this book is a reminder uh, to those Gentile believers to just be faithful and keep moving forward in your faith. 
Um, he also reminded those who were reading this that, you know, even Jesus had a difficult time, that people had hurled insults on him, uh, that he would suffer. But even through those insults, even through the suffering, Jesus remained faithful. He didn't retaliate and he didn't make threats back to the people. Uh, so folks then, and you know what, that's a lesson for us now that then when we are made fun of for our faith, that we are to continue to just hang tight to the very word of God and do and love as we are called to, to do and love. Um, today specifically, though, we are being called to serve. And so let me just read to you from verse 11 one more time. It says, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. So as we're talking about our body language, church, as we're talking about how we are to act, that our words, they matter. And a few weeks ago, I gave a, a sermon on this very thing that when we talk to one another, that our words can do one of two things. One, they can bring life or two, they can bring death. And what does that mean exactly? Well, to bring life, Anyone who has ever been told that they loved, that they were loved, that somebody said, I love you to them, well, that's life-giving. That feels good. But just the opposite, if anyone's ever said, I hate you, mm, that brings death. That does not feel good. Or when somebody says, I'm proud of you, of course, that brings life to you. That makes you stand up a little taller and, and just, you know, like, thank you. I, I, I needed that vote of confidence. Um, but then there's the opposite when somebody says, I'm ashamed of you. How dare you? How could you? You know, again, then you shrink back and, and that is defeating. And so your words matter. And this past week, we celebrated Father's Day. And this is a message that I think every dad needs to hear, but I think every parent needs to hear as well. That the words that we say to our children, they matter and that we have to speak words of life and encouragement into our sons and our daughters. You know, this is good news and bad news, depending on what side you sit on. The good news is that parents, our words, they still matter more than anybody else's, um, more than our peers, uh, our, our children's peers, more than our the influencers on our children, that moms and dads, our words, they, they matter most. So, so what's good is that our kids are listening to us, whether we think they are or not. Um, on the flip side, though, if, if our words are, are not very life-giving, well, then they still matter more than others. And so we, gotta, we really got to work on that. But our words matter. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. So that things that we say that come out of our mouth, we are representing, no pressure, we are representing our Creator. And then the verse 11 continues, it reads, if anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides. Now here, this is what I underlined whenever I was preparing for today, um, that they should do so with the strength that God provides. You know, brothers and sisters, sometimes the only way I make it through is with the strength that God provides. This past week, um, we got to partner with a sister church and we did some mission work down in Valle de Lead, Mexico, and boy, it was hot. Uh, we had to lift, um, you know, concrete cinder blocks. We had to uh, create concrete, you know, mix um, sand and um, and rock, and it was hot and it was hard. And there were only times, there were only days when it was God who was providing us the strength to to see it through. And so um, I think we need to remember that, that, you know, on those tough days, when it gets hard to serve, 
at work or when it gets hard to serve at church or when it gets hard to serve at her home. You know, there are days I don't want to make meals. I don't want to fold laundry. I hate folding laundry. That's when, that's when we say, okay, God, get me through this. Give me the strength that I need to serve. So we serve with the strength that God provides, that all that we do, it's all fueled from our Heavenly Father who loves us and cares for us. So the next time you face a moment where you're like, I don't know if I want to get up on Sunday morning and preach that sermon, right? Every Sunday, unless I'm away. And a very special thank you to, to Dave Lilly, who preached for me last week. Or if, you know, our pastor asked us to, to help set up on Sundays or tear down on Sundays, you know, we, we do it with the strength that God has given us. We don't do it for ourselves, but we do it for others. Um, and we do it for the Lord. But then also the big why we serve, underline this or highlight it, so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. That we serve ultimately, we serve so that through our words and our actions, that God is praised. That people see in us that God is alive and well. So that that it's not a, oh, look what Pastor Jen did, or oh, look what Kelly and Laura did with our children and our youth. It's not, look at the choir, look at the praise band. No, it's supposed to be, oh, wow, look what God is doing in and through Pastor Jen or in and through Laura and Kelly. Wow, God is so good because this group of people came from Bryan, Texas, down to Valladolid, Mexico, and out into the, the rural areas around that community. And wow, God's alive. He cares about us. He sees us and he has sent us helpers. Wow, praise, not Team Brian, but wow, praise God for doing that. Or wow, God must love me. He loves me because Miss Laura or Miss Kelly, they sit down beside me and they teach me uh, the songs that, 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 that they know that reminds them that, that I'm loved by Jesus. Or they sit down and they plan activities and they tell us stories and they take care of us and they show us that we are loved and that we're valued, that we're not alone. Wow, God is living through them. and God cares for me and loves me and uh, values me. Wow, praise God or wow, praise God for giving us fathers who are strong or father figures who are good role models for us to teach us life lessons such as respecting their spouse or instilling Christ's teachings in their lives and in the lives around them and demonstrating what it means to love. Wow, praise God that there is hope in the world and that God is alive because God has sent me, you know, these strong men to, to lead in my life and in the lives of, of others around them. So church, our body language matters. You know, in order to be an effective congregation, we can't miss out on the opportunity to serve. Why? Because there are people who are watching us and they're waiting and they're looking for hope. This past week, uh, I had the opportunity to meet an incredible man and woman, um, Mike and Beth, and they are uh, living in Wisconsin. And this is the first time that I had the opportunity to meet them. And I was talking to them about what our church does here, Brian that we are a, a church that we don't just talk about our faith, but we live out our faith. 
and they were just so um just into to what we were doing and they were listening and they were very complimentary and um i had to take a moment and, and think to myself you know you know we're just being us we're just being church you know we're just doing what we're called to do and and i didn't understand like why you know they were so excited for us you know we don't even live in their community but after i listened to them talk and as they asked questions i realized that it's it's not just mike and beth but it's a lot of people who are waiting to see the church really be uh, the the men and women the children that God created them to be that there are folks who want to see hope and want to to know that there are people who not just talk the talk but they walk the walk and so our body language church it matters it really does and that we have the opportunity to give other people hope and invite them to come and participate with us as we live into our mission as we love God and as we love our neighbor because when we do that that's how we share hope with the world, which is who we're called to be. I mean, it's the great commandment and the great commission. And then also church, we're raising the next generation of, of leaders, of kingdom minded people, of Christ followers. You know, I did not share this on Sunday morning, but, but I'm going to share it today with you. You know, I was thinking, um, you know, it's because I had a church growing up, Hancock United Methodist Church. I had a church who who got it right, who they instilled Christ's message, at least into to my heart. And I didn't know it at the time. Um, I didn't know it uh, really until I was 21, 22. Um, I'd actually fallen away from the church. I had fallen away from my faith in God. I told God that I didn't need him. You know, I saw so many people living their life without um, attending church on Sunday morning or, or being a part of a community of believers um, who, who weren't praying. And I just thought, you know, well, if they can do it, so can I. Well, <laughs> boy, was I wrong. I, I needed God and, and he knew it and he never left me. But it took me a while to find him. Uh, but that church community, uh, for all of those years when I was little, they started to instill Christ hope in my life. And all of the, the Sunday school lessons and the, the children's sermons and the pastor's sermons, they were all making an impact on me. Again, I didn't know it at the time. Um, and I didn't even know what, what God was doing. In 2007, I went to, to Mexico, not at the same place that I went this past week, but it was in Mexico when uh, I started to come back to my faith, when I started to realize, wow, God, I, I need you. I need to, to walk with you. That was hard. Um, and it was in 2007 that I slowly started to come back to the Lord. And, you know, and here I am in 2023, um, back in Mexico, and I had the opportunity to preach a sermon in a Mexican church, and, and I'm sharing this story with you because we never know how our body language is going to impact somebody, and I'm thankful for the body language of Hancock United Methodist Church, for the men, women, children there who um, made a difference in my life, where I wouldn't be able to tell you this story right now, and Bryan Community Church, who knows how we're going to impact um, another young person and it maybe it won't be for years later before they look back and say hey somebody was there praying for me or, or instilling god's word in me and it's just 
it's just incredibly humbling to know that that we can have such a positive impact on someone and and I pray that then I might be able to do that one day for someone too but but our language matters our body language how we interact that, that we're not just going to be a church um, that goes in and, and studies the word of God and and argues about the word of God um, I mean I think there's some value in that um, to you know to really wrestle with with what God's word is telling us to do but but we can't just leave it at the table we can't just leave it in our Bibles but we have to take our faith and we have to put it in action and that's why our words matter the things that we say and the things that we do and then we can look back and say wow God is alive I can look back and say wow God was living through those men and women to call me out of my comfort zone so many years ago to send me to Mexico so I could uh, reinvigorate my faith and walk back and return into to God's presence because there was a time when I wasn't there. You know, there, there are so many people whose lives can be changed for the better, that life and hope can be found as long as our body language points them to Christ and they can go back and say, wow, praise God. Because I'm saying, wow, praise God for that church family. And wow, praise God for this current church family. Wow, praise God for the men and women who don't give up on their faith and keep walking faithfully because God's alive. And I, and I get to see it each and every day when I interact with Bryan Community Church. And I get to see it each and every day whenever I look into the eyes of someone who is walking their faith and living it faithfully. Brothers and sisters, praise God for you and for all that God is doing in and through each of you and will continue to do in this world because there is hope. There's always hope when we walk with Jesus. May you be blessed.